Hey guys, C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another episode for season 11. This will be my final episode for season 11. This is episode 7 and technically episode 8 is already done. So we're just going to be doing episode 7 to finish it off. Uh, today's episode is going to be how do ISFJs compare to INFJs for those of you who are confused between the differences between the two types. Uh, so yeah, and uh, after this episode, that means we only have 16 episodes left of type comparisons, basically, to finish off our type comparisons. And any other comparisons that we do in the future are basically just uh, requested by the audience, basically, because I've kind of done, like, almost every important combination that you can think of. Although, eight of those uh, 16 episodes that I have left, I'm going to be saving for much, much later because of the general importance uh, behind them. And... Uh, and how those comparisons are a little bit more, um, they, uh, well, they overlap. They overlap in a lot of different things, so I kind of want to do like a combined lecture set with those particular eight episodes. So when we get to those, when we're doing a shadow type comparisons, it's going to be a little bit more interesting, right? So, uh, but still definitely important. Shadow type uh, is a, um, is a uh, huge thing because, for example, the test results can often put you in your shadow instead of your ego, right? And, and it's like inaccurate or not. So that's why we're doing them and that's why it's important. But in the meantime, we're going to be doing, uh, you know, types who have the same judging functions right now. And that's what season 11 is all about, similar judging, right? So we have the ISFJ compared to the INFJ. So let's talk about, you know, both of them from an interaction style and temperament standpoint. So they are both affiliative. They they always are focusing on doing what's right. For example, and uh, uh, doing what's right is a big deal. They're um, so they're not they're not pragmatic. They're very uh, affiliative. Uh, whereas the ISFJ is very concrete. So they're focused on the what is. Whereas the INFJ is very abstract. So it's focused on the what if basically. And you know it's like oh it's a sensor versus an intuitive. Yeah, that's that's why you know concrete versus like you know the, the what if etc. So. Uh, so temperament-wise, that basically means the ISFJ is the guardian, which is the past-focused, duty-based uh, protectors, traditionalists, etc. And uh, based on that, uh, ISFJs, uh, they're all about what they should do. They're not about what they want to do. Never ask an ISFJ what they want to do. Ask the INFJ what they want, because the INFJ is all about what they want, right? It's all about that passion. It's all about that, you know, that desire, etc. that they have within them and whatnot. So that's kind of uh, the, the direction that they go, uh, which is dope because uh, who wouldn't want to chart that idealistic course and go on an idealistic crusade like, uh, you know, an INFJ uh, would. I mean, who doesn't, right? So uh, with that in mind, uh, the INFJ is an idealist. So they're very people-focused. They're very fervent in their feelings, uh, very... Uh, People mean so much to them, but they're very what if, and it's all about the what if regarding people, and that allows them to have like this idealistic standpoint where it seems like the idea of the NF or the NF temperament is really focused upon uh, going in the direction towards like creating utopia for mankind, right? It kind of seems to be like the end result, or at least at a minimum, create a mini utopia uh, for, for at least some people to enjoy, if not everyone. So that's just kind of a how idealists are, are kind of work. They, they're always seeking the ideal. They're always seeking to better mankind as we know it, right? And that's what INFJs do, which is really great for us. And unless INFJs are willing to execute on that and like become that trailblazer and, and you know, beat that path for the rest of us to follow, you know, mankind, I mean, 
our future is basically screwed because the future of mankind is very intertwined with the INFJ specifically. Uh, because as the INFJ, it's like the tip of the spear, you know, if all of mankind is in the shape of a triangle with the foundation being, you know, the SJs and the middle part being the SPs, the next part being like a mixture of NTs and NFs, but the very tip of the triangle, uh, you know, as it's, as it's moving the path forward of humanity, etc., that is, you know, their anti hero, etc. That is, you know, the INFJ's purpose. They're like the tip of the spear. They, they're that thing that is in the front of the hum of humanity, dividing uh, the path and uh, beating that path for us to follow them and uh, taking humanity to that next level, right? That next uh, idealistic level and growing the maturity of humanity, basically, in terms of how we uh, approach social and interaction and people skills, etc. Which is awesome that. Uh, INFJs do that. ISFJs uh, protect uh, protect uh, faith and traditions, and uh, you know it, it, they're very involved with spirituality and religion, etc. They can also be really cool gearheads uh, and uh, very uh, very apropos to um, well, let's just say that they have some good skill uh, when it comes to even mechanics uh, and being ingenious and ingenuity because they're ENTP subconscious, which we'll talk about, right? So they have all these benefits. Uh, you know, the guardian is all about keeping people safe. They're very nurturable. You know, uh, the INFJ as the sage is more of like, you know, trying to, uh, get wisdom and exude wisdom to others because the number one export of the INFJ is to make people better, right? It's to improve fellow human beings, right? Which makes them fantastic teachers. Jesus was an INFJ, but he's also a teacher. Same thing with Gandhi, etc. Uh, so that just gives you an idea of how they're able to go, right? That being said, uh, interaction styles, they're completely different. Uh, ISFJs are behind the scenes. They're very behind the scenes, uh, very informative, uh, very responding, very controlled. They take their time doing things, uh, for example. Uh, they go at their own pace, whereas the INFJ is trying to move as quickly as possible, trying to get to their destination. Uh, this is a very movement oriented and they're very direct They're not informative. They say what they mean mean what they say, etc As I say a million times on this channel uh, Direct means they can be very directive and like, you know, give give orders Whereas an ISFJ is not really going to do that They're going to give the other person the opportunity to choose their role in the situ in the conversation And that's just kind of how it works out from that standpoint um, So anyway, uh, with with that uh, in mind uh you know, you have the finisher who is the INFJ. They're focused on finishing things. They have a hard time starting things. Whereas the ISFJ is more of the background type. They're behind the scenes. They're, uh, they're in the shadows, etc. Don't really want to be exposed, even though they expose other people, which is kind of interesting. It's like that spotlight from, that spotlight from the darkness or that, uh, you know, or that laser beam, you know, from the darkness that you kind of see. It's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Where is that coming from? You know, like, oh, it's probably an ISFJ, right? So just to kind of give you a... Uh, a difference in terms of their interaction style and their temperament. Because if you know a person's interaction style and you know their temperament, you instantly know their type through the type grid. Which, by the way, speaking of the type grid, we have a new type grid that is released on the website. All you have to do to get the new type grid, and it also includes the temperament matrix, the temperament matrix according to this guy, Stephen Montgomery. And speaking of Stephen Montgomery, congratulations. KK, you are the winner of this book. Uh, so email me your contact details uh, and you'll get either a free uh, hard copy like this uh, or paperback, I guess, technically, and uh, uh, or an electronic copy, whichever one is your choice. And uh, we'll send that right to you. 
But again, Stephen Montgomery talks about the temperament matrix. We utilize the temperament matrix to identify someone's temperament. We use the interaction styles to identify someone's, uh, you know, interaction style to, you know, figure out what type they are, plus their temperaments like times tables. The type grid, the new updated type grid is available on my website, csjoseph.life. Go to the website, throw in your email in the front, and you can download that. If you're on my Discord server, you don't have to do that. You can actually find it on my Discord server. To get to the Discord server, the link is in the description below. Click on that link, make an account. You're on Discord with the community, the CSJ community. Uh, we have hundreds of people on this Discord server talking every day. It's a fantastic environment that we've been able to create. And uh, there's a channel called CSJ Source Material. You can go to that channel, uh, check check the pins, uh, you know, pinned information, and you can find, uh, you know, like a list of books that have been have been read or used as source material. But you can find the link to uh, that location on my website where you can actually just download the type grid if you're not willing to put in your email. That's perfectly fine. Download the free copy of the type grid and you're good to go and you are armed to be able to type anyone, including yourself, accurately without the use of a stupid test which causes mistypes and inaccuracy and that would be like a serious issue. So you have that, you're armed, you're good, and you know what you're doing and uh, awesome you can be a part, uh, you can become a contributor and, and help learn and practice typing on my Discord server. So why not like, you know, do that, that'd be nice. So that being said, uh, let's actually dive into the cognitive functions of both of these types. So we have introverted sensing hero. Introverted sensing hero of the ISFJ is really, really interesting because what it does is it's like this, it's this thing where they just remember everything, right? They have high long-term memory access. So you could have a 90-year-old ISFJ and they'll tell you stories about when they were five years old on a regular basis because they like literally remember everything. And I mean, seriously, they really remember everything. It's also their sense of duty. It's their sense of honor. It's their sense of conviction. They make decisions based on conviction. They make decisions based on what they should do and not necessarily what they want to do. Why is that? Well, because that's why INFJs exist, because we have NI Hero. NI Hero is all about willpower, right? It's all about finding the best path forward. It's all about what the INFJ wants to do, right? Although technically, introverted sensing is also kind of wanty. So let's, let's talk about want a little bit, what that means. When I say want, I'm typically referring to introverted intuition because it's about willpower, it's about desire, it's about passion, right? And that's what introverted intuition is all about. But introverted sensing, people can use the word want when they're talking about introverted sensing because they're like, I want to receive this experience. This is, I want to have that taste over there, right? It's about something that's more, that's more tangible, you know, in that regard, right? Whereas, you know, sure, there's some tangibility for intuition, but that's attached to extroverted sensing. It's like, I want to give you a good experience. I want to give you this sensation, right? Whereas this one is, you want extrovert intuition inferior. It's all about what you want. You want to give me a, a good experience, right? So it's different, right? This is why I typically talk about want and desire. Uh, I usually attach it to introverted intuition, although technically English language speaking, SI users like myself do say want in that way. And we are kind of referring to our SI, but predominantly when people are like very wanty and very willful, it's all about introverted intuition, which is why I attach that terminology to it. But again, think about it. Introverted intuition simply is willpower, whereas introverted sensing simply is discipline. 
discipline, discipline, discipline. And the discipline that SI Hero can have, it makes SI Heroes super good at dancing, super good at martial arts, because it takes a lot of self-discipline, because they're able to mimic the movements. Introverted sensing and extroverted intuition on an axis with each other. By the way, if you have not seen my lecture on cognitive axis, A-X-I-S, Cognitive Access, that lecture's in season one. You gotta check that out. Also, uh, the eight cognitive spectra, which basically means that like these, you know, so we have all of this and we have all of this. It basically turns our heads into like, you know, radios. And how does that, you know, we're like literally, uh, you know, radio transceivers. Yeah, the eight cognitive spectra, check out that lecture as well. It's also part of season one. And check out the other lecture, the cognitive transitions. You'll have a better idea of how the four sides of the mind and how the cognitive functions interact with each other. Please check that out. That's in season one playlist on this channel. So, introverted sensing, all about discipline. They have self-discipline and they're able to take that self-discipline and go places with it because they do what they should do. It's about mimicry, right? Whereas introverted intuition, it's willpower, like we just said. It's all about what they want. It's what about where they're going. It's about what is the best path forward for me. Whereas the SI hero of the ISFJ is like, no, 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 you tell me the path. You tell me what I should do. You tell me how I should behave. And that's what I will do, right? That's how ISFJs work. They want to be told what to do. Whereas the INFJ does not want to be told what to, what to do. They want to find what they want. They want to find the best path forward. This is how introverted intuition works. They want to find the best or ideal path forward for themselves, right? And that's why they have like this sniper rifle and they're just laser focused on these things and they can get like this insane focus, uh, introverted intuition can, and focus all their energy onto one thing at a time and they can really smash it really, really well. And, and they can outperform others as a result of that. However, the ISFJ can also outperform even INFJs. How? Through outlasting. Because they have such high self-discipline that gives them endurance, right? They have this insane endurance. The ISFJ, out of all the types, can take the most punishment. They can take the most physical punishment. They can take the most pain. They can take the most suffering out of all the types. They literally can outlast anyone. No one can outlast an ISFJ. While the INFJ, they're not really good at outlasting things, but what they are really good at is surviving. Somehow, some way, like just like Goku said in Dragon Ball Z, where there's a will, there's a way, and they're able to find that way. Somehow, some way, introverted intuition just kicks in. It's like they have liquid luck, and then like somehow they always get through like these insanely crazy situations because SI Demon keeps throwing them into these crazy situations, and NI Hero is always able to navigate their way out. It's like they're like super slippery when it comes to life, and it's like wow. How, you know, and it's the same thing with INTJs, by the way, because they have NI Hero as well, and NI Hero could just literally get through anything. And that's like literally how they're able, even able to do this, is because it's rooted intuition. It's like liquid luck, and it's just like pop, 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 and they just get through. They always find the best path forward. They always get through. Especially me, expert intuition hero, because they are masters of their own fate. Introverted intuition is all about masters of their own fate, whereas Expert intuition is masters of fate in general, masters of everyone's fate, essentially. However, expert intuition hero, which is my hero function, if I try to influence the introvert intuition hero of the INFJ, I can influence them for sure, but up to a point, because it's still, introvert intuition is a, is a source function, whereas extrovert intuition is seeking the source of introvert intuition, which means introvert intuition can still technically beat uh, NE. 
NE hero will still technically lose to NI hero in the end because NI hero still at the end of the day wants to go where it wants to go. Just like it says in the Matrix Reloaded, when Neo is talking to uh, the architect, uh, you know, and Neo says, well, the problem is choice. That's exactly it. The problem is choice. And introverted hero always has a choice. It doesn't matter how much influence you exude upon it, it still has a choice. And it will still always make its choice, regardless of how much influence it has on it. And this is one of the reasons why INFJs are the tip of the spear for our race to be able to bring about positive social change for our race, to increase the maturity of our race, to move our race forward, to have a better future collectively. That is what the INFJ does. But they do it not just from collectively from like everyone, they do it one person at a time, right? And then it just slowly builds up. And then those people build up other people and it just spreads. And that's how INFJs do it. That's how they affect people with their sense of idealism. And introverted intuition is able to chart that course forward. And like a laser beam, a sniper rifle, they're able to chart that course and move forward and blaze that path so that those following them will follow them through the process. And as a result, our race, our race grows. Because where INFJs go, technically that's where our race goes. So if you know an INFJ, support them. They need it. And let's talk about why. Both these types have extroverted feeling parent. Both of them have this, extroverted feeling parent and introverted thinking child. Introverted thinking child, <laughs> guess what? They are not aware of what you think at all because they have TE trickster. Because they have TI child, they automatically have TE trickster. TE trickster is just completely unaware of what other people say. That's a problem because TI child can alienate people. And they can be like super alienating. And why? Well, it's because they're not aware that other people are already thinking the same things that they're thinking. So when they're telling someone what they think, that person's like, well, I've already thought of that. And it can actually cause them to feel alienated. It could cause them uh, to think that the ISFJ or the INFJ are talking down to them, right? It's no wonder that both these types actually kind of are like really lonely and they kind of feel alone and they wish people would invite them to things. But the reason why people don't is because people are like, well, I don't want to deal with her or him telling me what they think because... I mean, I, I just feel so stupid around them, right? And then because of that, you know, they, they, they could kind of get alienating. It gets even worse. Why? Well, Effie Parent. Effie Parent has this super high mega social standard. Super high social standard that if anyone breaks social rules or social norms, especially, you know, spiritual rules, you know, ethical rules, idealistic rules, etc., social norms, social behavior, if they're not enforced, because guess what? Both of these types enforce social behavior more so on the ISFJ side because they're focused on justice because introverted sensing hero with their sense of duty, honor, conviction, it's all about justice. And they end up believing that if you're breaking social rules, it is their duty to punish you. It is their duty to discipline you. In as much as that they themselves will be disciplined because they have SI hero, well, because I'm being disciplined, I'm gonna make me out disciplined with my SE nemesis. I'm going to give you an experience, right? And I'm going to force you to behave in a certain way because you better behave in a certain way. You better respect our traditions. You better respect this family, right? You better respect our belief system, right? And they force you. They force on you because they believe it is their ethical, moral responsibility, their duty to force you to behave in this way. You got to have your manners, man, you know? If you kill them, they won't learn nothing, right? That is the ISFJ way. They meet out justice because if they see you behaving unjust, 
they will believe, oh, I've just been empowered by your injustice to exert justice upon you, and I'm going to do that, whether you like it or not. And that is how every parent can get, and combined with T.I. Child, that can be very alienating for other people. I know, because truth be told, I felt alienated by my own mother doing that to me, as I have admitted, because she is an ISFJ. I've also felt alienated by INFJs in my life who've been doing the same thing to me. They're like, you can't behave that way, FI trickster. And it's like, well, I don't know any different. I have FI trickster. So what business do you have judging me, right? If I actually had a sense of moral principles or a sense of morality, yeah, sure, I'd probably agree with you, but I don't. So stop judging me by your own standard and start judging me by my standard. Oh, but that would require you to, like, you know, understand me. And yet INFJs kind of at times arrogantly believe that they understand people. And it's like, no, no, you don't. You may understand their nurture, but let me tell you, INFJs, you don't understand their nature. And that's the problem. You're only getting half the equation. Maybe you should learn the type grid and the temperament matrix, and then you start to understand their cognitive functions, and then you start to understand their nature. Wow. Oh wait, that's why I do this channel. Anyway, the point is, make sure that you're going in that direction. It's very important that uh, both these types understand that they can be alienating to other people. Now, every parent has a lot of good to it though. Every parent is very nurturing, it's very helpful, and it contributes so much to other people. And INFJs especially need to have opportunities to contribute to others. ISFJs not as much, but INFJs absolutely, because both types, they both crave recognition, they both crave other people valuing them and being grateful and thankful for those contributions but way more so the INFJ. The INFJ absolutely needs it with their every parent and combined with their SE inferior because every parent and SE inferior team up. Both these cognitive functions team up and they're like, I want to be able to give people, I want and I hero to give other people a really good experience so they feel good about me and then they give me the recognition that I give them a good experience, that I contributed to them so that I can feel good about myself because I feel worthless about myself every day because I have FI critic. And I feel worthless all the time. I feel useless all the time. I want to be the most useful tool in the tool shed. I want to be that person that, you know, I want to make them feel so good about me that, you know, sometimes they're, they're bragging about how awesome I am to their friends and that just makes me feel so good inside, etc. Yeah. That's like the number one need. The number one need of INFJs is words of affirmation. Actually, no, that's not true. Loyalty is. Loyalty is their number one need because of SE Inferior. Their second need is actually words of affirmation followed by quality time. Why? Because if they don't have shared experiences with you, if they're not able to use their expertise sensing inferior and have shared experiences with you, well, guess what? You're kind of screwed. You know, that relationship is screwed. They have to have that quality time because they believe by having shared experiences and that quality time with you, they think that they're creating loyalty in you and it's fulfilling their number one need. They need to have loyalty. Because from an INFJ standpoint, if they're doing, giving you this good experience, they're giving you good, exp uh, good uh, uh, sensations, good tastes, uh, they're seeking to make you comfortable and whatnot, and, and they're doing it in a very caring way, a very contribu con contributory way, then all of a sudden that creates loyalty. It's like they're permanently etching your soul, you know, permanently etching your soul, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, you have those etches, and you're able to remember all of the good things that they've ever done for you. 
and can recite them. That's the kind of person they want. They need an SI user to remember all the good things that they've ever done so that SI user can always remind them of all the good things they've ever done. Because when the INFJ screws up, they'll screw up once, after, you know, and they've done a thousand good things and one screw up, but then the SI user's like, well, you've done a thousand good things and this screw up, yeah, okay, I'm gonna forgive you, it's so good, I got your back. That's the whole point of how INFJs work. So they need that recognition. They crave that recognition so much. And as much as they need that loyalty, their number one need is loyalty, but they gotta have that recognition too. You can't just do that. ISFJs, they definitely desire recognition, but it's a little bit different, right? Because instead of that, the recognition that they want is because they literally want, they, they so much are afraid that you would not want to be around them anymore. Like my mother, she's afraid that I wouldn't want to have a relationship with her anymore. She's afraid that I wouldn't want to be around her, that I wouldn't allow my children to be around her, etc. She's literally afraid of these things. But then again, she also maintains that it's her ethical duty to tell me that, you know, you know that there's not enough God uh, coming out in my YouTube channel to you folks right now. She has said this to me multiple times because yes, my mother watches this YouTube channel and she's probably going to listen to this episode. That's how we do it. And I'm glad and thankful that my mother does this, but I'm sorry, the truth is, is that I'm going to make my decision because I don't do what's right. Because don't forget, these are affiliative types. Both these types are affiliative, right? So they're focused on doing the right thing. Guess what? I don't give a damn about doing the right thing. I am an ENTP. I do what works. Okay, and it kind of sucks that my entire immediate family, they're all affiliative. My dad is affiliative, my sister is affiliative, my mother's affiliative, um, my sister's, uh, you know, although my sister's husband, you know, he's pragmatic, awesome, right? You know, he just, you know, he does what he wants. He just does what works. It's not necessarily, you know, doing the right thing, right? Whereas, you know, I'm also someone who just does what works. You know, doing the right thing is not really a priority to me. I'm doing what works because guess what? People who are so focused on doing the right thing all the time, well, I mean, they kind of hire me and they ask me for advice because I've been doing what works and they see that I have success in my life because I'm just focusing on doing what works, not necessarily the right thing. And then I give them advice, they're like, oh, why didn't I think about that? It's like because you're so focused on doing the right thing that you actually never get anything done. Oh, that might be what's going on, right? <laughs> Anyway, I'm not bagging on my mother here. Like, she's a fantastic person, and I'm thankful that she is my mother, and she's a very dutiful person, and I'm glad that she takes her, her beliefs very seriously. I'm glad that, uh, you know, she, she lives by conviction. She has an insanely good conviction, and uh, she's able to endure so much. And she has been through a lot in her life, let me tell you. And a lot of hurt, and a lot of pain, a lot of judgments, a lot of bitterness, a lot of bitter roots have been implanted in her life and she's been able to get through all of it because she's got that SI hero and she's able to get through anything. Awesome, that endurance, that long suffering, it's very admirable. And to be honest, because of her example, I also have been able to use, learn how to use my ISFJ subconscious, right? Because, you know, technically my mother and I, we're both polar opposites, but we have that high camaraderie and that high camaraderie is actually, I'm able to learn from her, right? And how to be a better ISFJ with my subconscious in, this, in as much as, She's able to learn from me, especially like, you know, when she listens to my YouTube channel or my podcast, right? And she's able to learn how to be a better ENTP for her ENTP subconscious because guess what? She has an ENTP subconscious. How does she get access to the ENTP subconscious? Well, it's because when she does not get afraid, when she is not afraid of what other people want, afraid of what other people's intentions are, right? Afraid of what they won't do. If she's not afraid anymore, she can become an ingenious ENTP and have access to ingenuity and let me tell you something about my mother she is 
ingenious. Some of the cool stuff that she's actually invented, especially like you know around the house, around the property that they live on right now, uh, and some of the, uh, like, like, and she could take this ingenuity. It's an amazing interior decorator. She's like the best I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, like for example, uh, we uh, we lived in a in like this uh, this like trailer thing uh, growing up, and she turned this kitchen that we lived in into like this '50s diner thing with like neon signs and the the, the checkered uh, linoleum, uh, the spinning wheels that you'd have at a bar and what, or the spinning seats at the bar thing. It was really cool. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic work of art. And guess what? That's what happens because the ENTP ingenuity, like, like, like she literally has a Tony Stark inside of her and being like this ingenious person coming up with these amazing cool ideas and she actually puts it into practice. She even actually feels it's her duty to do these things and to make things even more cozy and homey because introverted sensing hero is all about being cozy and homey and, you know, and, and, uh, and comfy, etc. Right? And doing those cool projects that she's able to do using her ingenuity, she's able to actually produce that result, right? Why does she do that? Because she was worrying, worrying so much about, with her SE nemesis, worrying that people will have a bad experience when they come to our house. Because she's like, wow, our house looks like crap and it looks like a dump on the outside. But when they come inside, it's like an adventure. It's like, wow. I didn't even know that was like in here. You know what I mean? And they're just so impressed by it every single time. And it keeps those people coming back. That's what ISFJs need. They want people to keep coming back to them. They need people to desire them. They need people to want them because they're so afraid other people will not want to be around them, would not want to give them an experience or to share experiences with them because ISFJs feel so alone. Why? Well, it's because they alienate people. And we talked about Epi Parent and TI Child Alienation. Let's talk about another form of alienation that both of these types do. FI Critic. FI Critic is really rough for both these types because FI Critic causes these two types to feel bad at all times. They walk around feeling worthless, feeling not worthy enough, right? They don't feel good about themselves. And it's only after they receive recognition from other human beings that they finally feel good about themselves. And it's only after that, right? So make sure that you give these types the recognition that they deserve because they're very aware of what they deserve. If you're giving them recognition that they don't deserve, they're gonna negatively react to that. And like, you know, the eyes just be like, okay, well, what's your angle here? Like, what do you wanna do? And then they're kind of afraid of you and they're gonna kind of shy away from you and go even more behind the scenes and even clam up even more. The INFJ is gonna be a little bit different. They're like, okay, what's your angle? What's your intentions? Are you going to betray me? And then they actually get very confrontational and in your face about it with their ESTP subconscious because their SE inferior is out. Because they have SE inferior performance anxiety. INFJs are insanely, insanely afraid of giving other people a bad experience, giving other people a bad smell, a bad sensation, like their voice would sound them or, or, or their voice would bother people. This is why INFJs have what's called the INFJ wisp. When they are low, they're low, their voice is so low and they're trying to make their voice sound so cute so that other people don't have a bad experience with their voice and that way they're not pushing people away. When I just want to tell the INFJ to speak up, direct, please be direct and speak up. That'd be nice, please, please. I mean, that's the experience I want. I like it when people are direct, especially women. So they're direct. And when an INFJ gets over their performance anxiety, and that usually happens because you have people like me that exist, you know, SI inferiors and SI child, you know, who's like, oh, hey, you know, 
you make me really comfortable. And because I've told them so many times, and I am consistent in telling them, and consistent with my actions, and saying that, yes, I am loyal to you, yes, I am so comfortable with you, yes, you always give me a good experience, that performance anxiety goes away, and they are no longer afraid of giving me or other people potentially a bad experience, and then they're able to activate their ESTP subconscious, which is absolutely awesome. And they're able to debate people, and persuade people, and cause people to think things about differently, and guess what? ESTPs build strength. They build strength in others because ESTP subconscious can detect weakness in other people and they can use their ESTP side to create strength in other people because the number one export of the INFJ is to cause people to become better people, right? And they're making people better. And then as a result of those improvements to other people, they all of a sudden realize that they are causing those people to become strong. Guess what, INFJs? In order for you to actually do that, maybe you should work on your own strength for once. Because, oh, as Jesus said, you know, an INFJ, love your neighbor as yourself. What business do you have, INFJs, not loving your neighbor as yourself? That means like, oh, I would have to allow myself to be responsibly selfish. Oh, what? Responsibly selfish? Me selfish? No, I am like the least, the least selfish person in the whole world, says like every INFJ ever. How about you folks actually be selfish for once? Oh, because then I'd actually, you know, be interested in being your friend or in a relationship with you because you're selfish. You need to be responsibly selfish. If you don't believe me, watch season six playlist on this YouTube channel, INFJs, the four pillars of self-intimacy. If you are not taking responsibility for meeting your own needs, because most INFJs aren't, if you are not having personal standards, you know, those principles that, you know, those FI critic principles, those super high principles, you know, where, you know, I have this insanely high moral standard that I hold myself that I can barely keep up myself and then force everyone else around me to follow, which only just causes me to alienate them. Oh, wait. ISFJs do the same with their FI critic too. Have personal standards, you know, those principles that you hold yourself to so that you are not finding yourself in a situation where you're not meeting your own needs. You need to hold yourself accountable with your personal standards so you can meet your own needs, right? And then you have personal boundaries, you know, those things that, those standards that you have, except these are standards for other people so that no other human being externally can inhibit you from meeting your own needs. Oh wait, you just have to like, you know, actually like figure out what your needs are. And then the fourth thing, you finally know what you want. INFJs, stop asking children what they want to be when they grow up. Instead, ask children, you know, hey, what are you going to do to meet your own needs when I can no longer meet your needs as your parent, right? Oh, that'd be more valuable. Take them down the path of the four pillars of self-intimacy. You have to be self-intimate. You have to love yourself in order for you to love somebody else. You have no business loving someone else, contributing to someone else, if you cannot love yourself or contribute to yourself first. And guess what? Jesus Christ, you know, and INFJ said that. There's a reason for that. Oh, wow, that guy kind of sounds like, you know, pretty wise. Maybe, you know, we should probably listen to him. You know what I mean? And quite frankly, I don't care what the church says about the guy because the church is full of crap in my opinion. I'm like not really down for the church narrative. I would just kind of like, you know, read what he says myself and apply, you know, this thing called critical thinking and determine whether or not I want to incorporate the, his philosophy into my personal philosophy for my life and like be like my own free thinker instead of just having, you know, 
<laughs> some guy from the pulpit dictate to me how I should live my life or how I should interpret what's necessarily being written or what I believe is God's word or what I believe is, you know, like, or my beliefs in general. Like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, wait, ISFJs do that because ISFJs have this problem in as much as INFJs have this problem, especially when they are immature, that they don't verify their own beliefs. It is the most frustrating thing in the world. Stop doing it. Please stop doing that. Both of you guys need to stop this. I am so tired of seeing IFJs, like especially in a church situation. It's not just a church situation. It's the same thing with media, social media, newspapers, anything that they read, books, doesn't matter. They read a whole bunch and they consume a whole bunch, but they do not verify. And I am so sick of it. I'm so sick of the lack of verification. You have freaking TI child, okay? Logical child. It is your duty, ISFJs. It is what you are supposed to be doing. I, it's something that you would want to do, obviously, INFJs, because then you're loving yourself better if you're actually verifying your own beliefs. Stop allowing other human beings to dictate what you think about yourselves, to dictate how you feel about yourself, to dictate how you live your life. How about you apply critical thinking and actually, you know, focus on seeking the truth for once instead of allowing someone from a pulpit dictate exactly what you should be believing or what you should be thinking. T.I. Child exists to verify everything. So if you're verifying everything, do it. Oh, but, you know, Mr. Joseph, I'm afraid if I do that, that I'm just going to continue to alienate more people. You already say that I'm really alienating at times. I'm like, yes, both your types can be really alienating, especially if, you know, you're, you know, immature. But I'm afraid that if I don't, you know, like, if I don't, if I, if I verify, well, I mean, if I don't verify, that more people get around. I'm sorry, but get the losers out of your life. Those people, guess what, are not willing to hear the truth from you. And they're, like, too scared of that. And that's too painful for them. And they're no longer in your life. Good. Get rid of them. Get the losers out of your life. Especially you INFJs, because you're going to start mirroring the losers in your life. And then you're going to become a loser yourself. Don't believe me? Watch my virtue and vice lecture on INFJs. You'll understand exactly what I mean. Stop allowing your guys' belief systems to be unverified. Grow up. Grow up and verify your belief systems and verify the belief systems of people around you. Okay? And then lead by example. Both you types. You know, you have faith versus fear for the for the ISFJ. You have integrity versus corruption for the INFJ. Don't be corrupt. Don't be afraid. Verify everything and you'll be more successful in this life. Trust me. Oh, and guess what? If you're verifying everything, your performance is going to go up. That performance anxiety is going away. And you're building strength in other human beings. And then they are loyal to you. It's dope. Yeah, why not do that? Or the ISFJ side of things. Oh, I'm verifying what I believe. I'm verifying what everyone else believes. It's awesome. And all of a sudden, the people that are like actually real people want to be around me. And they want to have shared experiences with me. And then I'm no longer alone and lonely. Yeah. Because, <laughs> more Jesus. He said, if a man is trying to save his life, he will lose it. If a man is willing to lose his life, he will gain it. Sometimes people, when it comes to relationships that we have with other people, it's better to just put everything on the line. It's better to put everything all on red on that roulette table. Put it all on red, man. We're going all in. Go all in, right? You have to be willing to lose your relationships. You have to put them all on the line and stand up for what's actually true. Stand up for the truth. T.I. Child. I'm not talking like all biblical churchy right now. That's not what I mean. Truth in general. 
right? Truth. Stand up for what's true, okay? You will be setting people free. You'll be set free yourself, you know? And then as a result of that truth and telling that truth to other people, it's either INFJ is going to build loyalty for you, loyalty from people that actually give a damn about you, or it's going to build people to actually want to be around you, ISFJs, that want to have shared experiences with you, that want to give you a good experience, that want to take you places and invite you to things. Oh, that'd be nice. Then both these types don't feel alone anymore. That's how it works. You have to be willing to be edgy. The truth is edgy. I am edgy. Edgy AF. You know what I mean? I'm very edgy, right? TI is all, it's like literally a double-edged sword. When you cut somebody, you're cutting them on this edge, but because you're cutting them, you're cutting them on this edge, you're cutting yourself on this edge because it is a double-edged sword. Because, it's also said, judge not, or you too will be judged by the same measure equally in which you're judging, right? Double-edged sword, right? So that's what that means. That's what the truth is, right? Double-edged sword. Because when you're cutting someone, you're also cutting yourself at the same time. Don't be a hypocrite. Verify your belief system. Because guess what? If you don't, you are a hypocrite. Do not be that person. It is the responsibility of both of these types to not be that person. Because we need these types at their optimal capacity, their optimal capability. Because while INFJs are developing wisdom, ISFJs are developing traditions based on that wisdom. Because you take wisdom, but then we're going to create rules and regulations and traditions around that wisdom with the ISFJ, while the INFJ is creating the wisdom as they go. That's literally how it works. That is the relationship between these two types for our race as we know it. The INFJ seeks, finds, develops wisdom, and the ISFJ takes that wisdom and creates traditions based on that wisdom so that children can be learned and t nurtured as a result of that wisdom. The problem is that tradition gets stale because guess what? Tradition is nothing more than the corpse of wisdom. So it has to be renewed. The traditions have to be renewed, ISFJs. You can't hold on to something forever. Everything eventually dies. So let things die and create new traditions. There's nothing wrong with that. It's what the SPs that you're built for being in relationships with anyway. It's what they need the most, so why not do it? Dang, I'm on fire today. Oh, yeah. So, talk about any nemesis. INFJs are very worried about the intentions of other people. This often leads them to jump to conclusions about other people's intent. I've often heard INFJs, even INFJ women that, you know, have been like my girlfriend that I've loved very, very deeply, tell me to my face that, oh, I'm just cheating on them, even though I'm not. Then I'm like, I'm an NTP, so, you know, hey, if I'm going to do the time, I may as well do the crime, right? Yeah, stop jumping to conclusions about other people's intentions. Verify. Verify everything. That way, if you suspect something, verify it, and then you know for a fact it's true. Verify everything. Use that TI child. It's the most innocent, divine part of you for both these types. Watch out for any nemesis. We already talked about FI critic, how they feel so worthless. So that's why I need to give them recognition so they always feel good. They need to feel good about themselves. They need to feel like their contributions and the nurtures that they're due for other people are actually worth something. They want to feel like they're valued. And then there's TE Trickster. They're just not aware of what other people think. And that's what causes them to constantly tell people what they think themselves, unaware of what other people think, which can lead to alienation. It's a huge weakness. So recognize INFJs and ISFJs that people actually think things and people might actually be smart enough around you and it might already know what you're telling them. So what you do is verify. Ask them, hey, uh, I was thinking about this. How do you feel about that? You, you ask them. You ask the other person don't just bulldoze and tell them what you think the truth. You ask the other, find out the other person knows the truth already. Find out. Ask them how they feel about some of your ideas, and then you'll get, and then you'll understand. Like, okay, yeah, 
I think that this person is tracking already. And that way that person doesn't feel alienated. Give them a better experience or cause them to want to share an experience with you for ISFJs, right? Give them a better experience, INFJs. Oh, yeah. And then obviously as a C nemesis for uh, the ISFJ, very worried about the physical environment. My mother would often tie my shoes for me. She'd be picking dog hair off me all the time. She just didn't want my you know, aesthetics to look terrible. It's also made sure like our house is always clean, absolutely pristine. And to be honest, I am so thankful for that, that it was so pristine when I was little. Uh, <laughs> and uh, even though I was kind of a slob, let's be honest, but you know, I've taken that pristineness into my adulthood with my own ISFJ because I've learned it from my mother and she has actually made my ISFJ that much more capable as a result of her direct influence on my life. That also includes, you know, like I talked about, you know, INFJs are out there creating wisdom, right? Developing wisdom. And then the ISFJs are creating traditions based on that. And then she, my mother, she would read me books of wisdom all the time. And I have that knowledge ingrained within me, you know, growing up. And to this day, I use all of those things that I learned, you know, wisdom-based things that I learned from my mother. And I bring that into my YouTube channel on a regular basis, you know, from whatever source of which she was reading me at the time. It was very important. Right? and helped me grow because, because I was following her ISFJ example for my own ISFJ subconscious as an ENTP. That's how she can contribute to me. INFJs, how they contribute to me with their ESTP subconscious, they make me stronger. They expand my horizons. They make me less insecure about doing new things because I have a sign inferior and I am afraid of getting outside my comfort zone and INFJs put me outside of my comfort zone for my own good and they grow me. INTJs do this as well. Thank God for both you types. Because of you, I am able to grow. I am able to become a better person. I am able to become more effective. I am able to do better by this audience here on this YouTube channel, specifically because of types like that who have SE Inferior. Let me tell you, you do not have to be afraid. SE Inferior makes me comfortable by default, and I love it. So you don't have to be afraid of whether or not you're performing badly or good enough around me, because guess what? You already are by default. And as a result, I'm already loyal to you by default because you're always giving me a good experience. You can't not give me a good experience. Thus, I can't not, can't not be loyal to you. SI Demon. Uh, SI Demon is hard for INFJs because it causes them to uh, have uh, you know, bad experiences in life, especially with their health. INFJs are able, they're very prone to poor health in their life. And because they're very prone to poor health, uh, because they're, it's like it's like their mind is just predisposed to giving them horrible, rare diseases, etc., or bad me uh, medical experiences. But their anti hero, because of its amazing survival power, they're also able to survive just as much. My my uncle, he's an INFJ, and he had this huge like uh, heart condition, and it was like really bad, and they like tore out this like baseball-sized uh, clot outside of his heart, and he still survived. He's still alive to this day. Gotta love that anti hero survival. Love it. It's like liquid luck they always get through and that just increases my faith in them as well because I always know that they're always going to get through it's absolutely amazing and I can always depend on them I can always depend on an I hero makes me feel super secure makes me feel super comfortable and thank you SE inferiors for being able to provide that to me and I heroes etc and then and I demon never ask an ISFJ what they want right because here's the thing if you do not, if you do not state your intentions to the ISFJ ahead of time, they're going to become very upset and be like, oh, okay, you want to do that? Fine. Well, here's what I want to do. And then they're just going to start wanting to plot against you. 
They're literally going to strategize on how to take you out. And then they're going to execute those strategies against you and they're going to take you out. They're going to destroy your reputation. They're going to, um, they're going to believe it's their moral uh, duty to do it. They're going to give you a really bad experience. And they're going to want to do this. And they're like willfully desire to screw you over, basically. Because INTJ Super Ego is all about being vindictive and revenge. It's all about revenge, right? So how do you avoid this? Always tell the ISFJ what you're going to do before you do it. Always give the ISFJ the recognition that they deserve. And you will never have to deal with that superego. And they will be loyal to you to the end. To the point of falling off of a cliff for you. Willing to endure tons of torture pain for you. And INFJs for their SI demon, always make them, make them, always tell them that, you're, that they're giving you a good experience. Always be loyal to them. You'll never have to deal with uh, ISTJ, ISTJ super ego, and which is the judge, jury, and executioner. They will elect themselves judge, jury, and executioner. They will cut you off from their life, like literally chop your head off, you know, metaphysically speaking, and you're, you are dead to them. And you'll just do it, and you'll have nothing left. To avoid that, tell them about how you're, continue to show them that you are loyal to them through your actions, not just your words, and then you know, and thank them, give them recognition for all the good contributions that they do to you and whatnot. And you will never have to deal with that ISTJ, superego, demon, demonic inverse. Awesome. Well, that concludes today's episode, season 11, episode 7. How do ISFJs compare to INFJs? If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, insightful, enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and on the podcast. Uh, also, leave a like while you're at it, and a comment would also be awesome. If you have any questions about ISFJs or, or INFJs or even how they interact with each other, go ahead and leave them in the comment section below, and I'll do my best to answer your questions as I read every single YouTube comment that comes across on this channel, and I do my best to respond to as many people as possible. If I have not responded to you yet, I apologize. I'll either get to it eventually, or if you don't think I'm responding to you, just ask the question again on, on, like an, on the newest lecture or whatever, and I will get to your question and awesome. And also, uh, I'm a little bit behind on emails, but I'm getting there. And uh, I'm also a little bit behind also on coaching requests as well. Uh, we'll get you guys scheduled and we'll get you moved forward. We're actually about to deploy something on the website to make it a lot easier uh, for signing the coaching agreement and getting the coaching scheduled. So it's not like a mess because it's been a mess and I'll admit it, it's been a mess. But we are working on it. We're getting fixed. Don't forget we have our new type grid. It's available on our Discord server in the CSJ source material channel for the new type grid. To get to our Discord, join the link at the below in the uh, uh, YouTube description. And then obviously uh, we have our meetups as well. I need someone to manage the meetups though and help schedule meetups, especially uh, around the country because we're actually going to make this a national meetup and not necessarily just a California only meetup. So I would like people to try to contact me. You can contact me at, at chase at csjoseph.life or you can contact me directly on the Discord server and we could talk about potentially having you be a manager or an organizer of the meetups so that we can organize CSJ-related meetups uh, nationally because I do a lot of traveling nationally, sometimes internationally. So I would like to actually have the opportunity to meet people at all these you know, new locations that I'm going to all the time because I travel. So anyway, awesome. That concludes it for today. Uh, and that's it for Season 11 because we already have Episode 8 up. And uh, yeah, awesome. Season 11 is done. See, I could actually do it, guys. I actually completed something for once, you know, because like, you know, starter type, but I have my, uh, intro uh, my introvert intuition nemesis. I'm able to chart the course with my INTJ shadow, right? So actually able to get something done. Yay. So yeah. Awesome. Well, with all that being said, I'll see you guys tonight.